Hello, and welcome back to podcast three of Life Coaching. This is Mike Fitch. Thank you for listening. I recently talked to a friend of mine who is a high school basketball coach and a self-anointed addict when it comes to his team and all things basketball. He readily admits that it consumes his life a little bit too much at times because he does not want to let his team or anyone else down. So what I want to talk about today is opportunity versus pressure and the per- perception shift that has to happen um, to help eliminate it as pressure and help it be seen more as a, as a positive thing rather than a negative thing. A lot of times we are our own worst enemy. I'm sure we all know that. We make our lives harder, more complicated, more crazy than necessary. And a lot of times it comes down to simple perspective. Take, for example, pressure. We all allow pressure to scare us, to make us lash out or retreat. It causes stress and keeps us from responding to situations with our best self. It creates internal strife and struggle that is manifested in us operating from a point of fear instead of one of confidence. Pressure is felt in your guts. It makes you feel nervous, queasy, insecure, worried, anxious, all negative thoughts, creating a mindset that is operating from the wrong perspective. Now, a seemingly simple shift in perspective can alter that pressure into a more positive mentality that will be significantly more productive. Opportunity on the other hand, is positive. It's cerebral. It stirs emotion. It stirs adrenaline. It increases heart rate. It encourages creativity and passion. So shift your perspective from seeing challenges as pressure to seeing challenges as opportunity and possibility. Perspective is very, very, very powerful. And uh, I will talk throughout this episode of of how I have personally done this and, and seen it work seen it be successful. I had to work on it all the time. I was consumed with perception, so much so that I could not read the newspaper, go to sports boards, go to the coffee shops, um, you know, or listen really to what we what I referred to as outside static uh, during basketball season. I had to insulate myself for fear of adding unwanted pressure because of what people might be saying or thinking. My initial thought was almost always, what if we lose? What if we don't play well? What if we didn't prepare them well? When I could have just as easily thought, what if we win? What if we play really well? What if we are completely prepared? There's absolutely no sense in thinking negatively, and yet my mentality would take me there regularly. And I had to talk myself out of it all the time. Thank God for Troy O'Dell, who coached with me for 21 years. He had an innate ability to talk me down from the proverbial ledge. He could always simplify it down and help me coach loose instead of as an uptight moron who overreacted to everything and made everyone around me underperform because I was on edge. He could smell it on me and he would have to intervene. Part of the reason that pressure was so detrimental was because it made me coach scared and coaching scared is not good for anyone and will yield absolutely no success. Coaching or playing 
not to lose is a terrible way to go about things. You have to play and coach loose and confidently. It's the only way you will find success. And that applies to anything, whether you're applying for a job, whether you're starting a new job, whether there's a new project at work, whether you got put into a new position, whether it, it doesn't even have to do with employment. You can apply this across the board. One story that I was told by a former football coach that I knew was about a team that he had that he really did not think was very good. They had some physical limitations that he didn't think they, they could potentially overcome. They would watch film and it felt like they all they did was constantly criticize the group and point out all the things that they were doing wrong. And after a while, he came to realize that this group was doing the best they could and that no amount of criticism was going to make up for the deficits that this team had. There were simply things that they were not going to be able to do, but it was never because of a lack of effort. So he made a unique decision. That was to quit watching film and to simply start telling them how good they were. He instructed the coaching staff to build them up, make them think they were world beaters. Minus film, they weren't even going to worry about critiquing. They weren't even going to worry about the things that they had done wrong or the things that they could have done different. So without the film, without the criticism, the players had absolutely no reason not to believe everything the coaches were saying. They believed them. They played well above what the coach thought they were capable of and ended up playing for the state championship game. I never forgot that story because it paints such a perfect picture of how open to suggestion people are, especially people in your charge. If you tell people they are great, they will start to believe they are great. If you tell people they are terrible, well, you can probably guess the outcome. Now understand, the more trust that has been established, the better the outcome of this will be. If those following you have no reason to believe you, to think that you care, then the impact on them will be minimal. But if they know you care, they know you are vested in them and in the process, then they will respond accordingly. Coaching or playing scared is no different than living scared. I always felt as a coach, my main job for our players was to remove as much pressure as possible, to just let them play. To say that we had teams that operated under immense pressure would be an understatement. In the midst of winning 11 district titles in a row and playing in seven out of 12 state title games, expectations started to mount and the players always felt that. They felt pressure from their family, usually parents, peers, friends, the media, and the community. What if we lose? What if we break the streak? I never allowed talk of the streak. It was nonsense. Each team was different. Each team was per pursuing their first district or state title. No two teams were identical. Therefore, each season was all about getting that team's first title. But it was a constant battle to offset the pressure. One way to offset it was to take the focus off of winning and losing and just put it on performance. Focus on the details, get lost in the minutia. And we had to act laid back and relaxed when things were at their most frenzied and chaotic and pressurized. If things were looking bad and going crazy, we as coaches had to look composed and relaxed. And if things were going well, 
we had to be intolerant and agitated. It was a constant balancing act, and in life, it is no different. I have had to use this approach a lot lately. In my drastic life changes, I've had to look at things as opportunities. It has, it has cost me greatly, but it has opened up some incredible opportunities to reconnect with people that I had lost, to re reconnect with myself, and to explore new avenues and challenge myself in ways that never would have occurred because there is no sense in looking back. I cannot fix that. And there is no sense in living scared because that gets you absolutely nowhere. There is a line from a Pearl Jam song that says that which you fear the most will meet you halfway. And it is a fact. It is a self-fulfilling prophecy. You will yield the exact same energy that you put out. We had to battle this all the time in coaching. We all have to battle it regularly in life. What if statements can go one of two ways? You can what if yourself towards positivity and success, or you can what if yourself right into the gutter. The person that thinks they can and the person that thinks they cannot are both right. Your fears will manifest themselves if you let them win. You have to be aware of your mindset and strong enough to alter it. Because in the end, to quote Troy O'Dell again, all you can do is all you can do is all you can do. That is a phrase that I adopted from Troy, and it's a phrase that I live by. We have we had been coaching for about three years, and our teams had done okay, but not great. We had underachieved greatly in 2002, and we had not done a good job with that team, and we knew it. People were out to have aspired, so the pressure going into 2003 was palpable, and I did, not, I did nothing to make it any better. We got off to a terrible start. We had a good team. They had played together for a very long time. They had great chemistry. They really liked and cared about each other, and we were not handling them appropriately. We were well below 500 at one point in the season. And Troy O'Dell, the wise one, grabs me and says, these guys just need to play. They know how to play. We're not helping. Let's just get the hell out of their way. So we did. We grabbed them, told them to quit worrying and just play. We trusted them. We loved them. And we were going to be good, regardless of what people thought. Troy grabbed me and said we had to quit coaching scared. All we can do is all we can do. And if that is not good enough for people, then they can fire us. And from that moment on, we shifted the way we coached. We gave the reins to the players and we let them run. Basketball coaches are bad this way. They want to control everything. Who passes where and when? Who shoots where and when? Who dribbles where and when? They end up sucking all the fun out of it and not letting the players take any ownership. We always prided ourselves on giving the games to the players. Practice is where we were supposed to put our print, trusting them and just letting them play in games because in the end, all you can do is all you can do. 2003 rewarded us. We went from four and 10 to district champs and third at state. This set the tone for 11 straight district titles and it all came down to a shift in perspective. 
Instead of pressure, we saw a chance to do something special and amazing and memorable, and we did. And I am more grateful today for the relationships that were formed that season than just about anything else in my life. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a great day. We'll see you next time.